Jesus. My worship is for real. My like a bridegroom coming out of his chamber and rejoicing like a strong man to run its race. Its rising is from one end of heaven and it circuits to the other end and there is nothing hidden from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, converting the soul the testimony of the Lord is true, sure, making wise the simple. The statues of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The judgment of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, yea, than much fine gold. Sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Moreover by them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. You can understand his errors. Cleanse me from secret faults. Keep me 
or keep back your servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent of great transgressions. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Verse 14, would you read it with me as your prayer and the prayer for this sermon? Together again, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O oh Lord. For the next few moments, I want to talk from the theme, Words Matter. Words Matter. I love this psalm. This psalm is remembered and recited, rehearsed in Judaism as an integral portion of many of their acts of worship and prayer. Verse 15 in the Hebrew is recited in several parts of Jewish prayer services. It is given at the conclusion of the Amadad. It is during the removal of the Torah scroll from the, the Ark on Rosh Hashanah. Even on Yom Kippur and on Yom Tevov, the, these words come out. They are part of the evening prayer on Yom Kippur. For some Jewish individuals, these words are so have such great importance in Psalm 19 that it has been used as the wedding words to be read as a prayer for divine guidance. Our nation recognized these words and honoring President Abraham Lincoln utilized Psalm 19 and 9. It is inscribed at the base of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington, D.C. These words, the judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Psalm 19 is an important psalm. It is a beautifully written psalm. It is an articulation of the heartfelt feelings of the writer as he has pent for us his thoughts about the divine, about the divine in connection with nature as it looks into the heavens and sees the, the majesty of God's world. And as it looks upon us and sees our place intertwined therein. The British writer C.S. Lewis, in looking at this psalm, was quoted once as saying, I take this to be the greatest poem in the Psalter and one of the greatest lyrics in the world. This psalm. It is this psalm that has become so important that many a sermon 
has been begun by quoting this psalm as the prayer for the message. Words matter. These words matter. What the psalmist was articulating of the glory of God matters. In some cases, unbeknownst to you, you've heard the words of these psalms over and over again, both in Christian and in secular music. You've heard these words because they matter. The truth is, there is a, a words matter movement going on in the world now, involving uh, helping people to become practitioners of the careful. That they are careful and thoughtful and deliberate and positive in their communication. Because it is so easy to speak without thinking. It is so easy to not genuinely listen to another person or to connect with people by what we say and by how we represent ourselves. Words chosen and the language we use have the power to affect the people and the world around us. People are changed by what we say. With words we speak life or death. With words we speak love or hate. With words we speak the, to the future or we hold others in their past. Words matter. Words matter a great deal. In truth, words are our verbal representatives. They represent the thoughts and intents of our heart. And sometimes we say things that we wish we had not said. We wish we could pull them back. I'm so grateful that uh, on many of our phones now, we have the ability to edit text if we do it quickly. We look down and see grammatical errors or we see we have been too terse in our wording and we can change them. Now, the good part is that we have the ability to edit. The bad part is that if it's unedited, I know that's what you really meant. Words are our verbal representatives. They represent our beliefs. They represent our ethics, our morals. They represent our biases. They represent the principles upon which we live. Words represent us. And they represent people who we represent which sometimes can put us in curious places because of our words. 
Some of you will remember this before the Gulf War. April Gillespie uh, was made uh, the scapegoat of what really was U.S. foreign policy. One looks back to that time at the summer of 1990 when the concern for Saddam Hussein's troops who were amassing on the border of Kuwait. A meeting was held and April went as the ambassador of our great nation. And there at that meeting she conveyed what was the thinking of the State Department. And in saying what she said, she spoke the instruction she had been given, which was to express no opinion on the issues related to border issues not associated directly with America. And to seek to solve the problem using other means. In so doing, after Saddam Hussein had attacked Kuwait, New York Times and other publications made it seem as though it was her fault because she spoke words as an ambassador of thought of a nation. If the words were wrong and if the words could have begun a war, they were not her words. And yet, the misogyny that is a part of this nation would rather berate a woman for speaking their truth than to hold itself accountable for any role of culpability it may have had. Words matter. It wouldn't be long after that you would find ourselves just recently looking at a hodgepodge of mess as three beautiful women sat before Congress speaking words really as scapegoats to some who believe that diversity, equity, and inclusion ought to become bad words. That the world shouldn't work towards a better place. We live in a world now that, that has banned the Bible. And now they want to ban books. They celebrated the Civil War, but now they don't want to talk about the slavery that incited it. We live in a world now that acts as though what is has not evolved from what has been. Bias and prejudice of this world are eliminated. Dr. Claudine Gay, who was the former president of Harvard University, has relinquished her position. But I don't care what they tell you about anti-Semitism. I don't care what marks they try to put against her in claiming plagiarism. Let me be honest with you what this is about. This is about misogyny. This is about gender. This is about bias. This is about racism because a sister rose to stand in the place as the second woman 
to ever be president and the first woman of color of the 386-year-old institution, Harvard. And somebody wanted to put her in her place. Words matter. Words matter. And because they matter, we must learn how to speak them forcefully and obviously. We must be caught up in the thought that we must define ourselves and speak for ourselves so that we might be livers of a good life. I am. Um, I often quote Audre Lorde who said, if I didn't define myself for myself, I would be crushed into other people's fantasies for me and be eaten alive. She also stated, and when we speak, we are afraid our words will not be heard nor welcome. But when we are silent, we are still afraid so it is better to speak, remembering we were never meant to survive. Words matter. Words matter. Words matter. I, um, I want to spend a few moments with you while I have your attention to offer from the ending of this psalm. The psalm begins with the glories of God. And I'll come back to that at another point. But it concludes not in the glories of God, but it concludes self-reflectively. And one of the problems that most people have, and probably the person sitting in your seat, is the fact that personal accountability and self-reflection are not our strong suit. We can see others, but sometimes it becomes difficult to see ourselves. And the psalmist looks at himself and the prayer that he's offered before God and the praise of God. And then he offers what I think are three essential requests. Three essential requests. The first of which is simply this. Lord, rescue me from me. I, I need to say it again. Uh, you see somebody sitting next to you right now and maybe the person sitting in your seat needs to say, Lord, rescue me from me. You know, I, I, um, I don't know about you, but I have come to realize that there are times in life when the greatest enemy is not external to me. It's the enemy in a me. Because at times when we have done things that we are not proud of, that we are not uh, willing to put into the light, it has never been somebody whispering in our ear. It has been our own minds instructing us into that which was not good for us. 
Our own minds telling us to do that which we ought not to do. And we knew not to do it. For we were of a bifurcated mind. There was one part of us speaking the good things. And the other part of us saying, you can get away with it. And if not being as crass as saying you can get away with it, it joined uh, with Janet Jackson and told you, you're in control. Lord, rescue me from me. I need you, I need you. Uh, now, 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 it's the petition that yields the nerve center of our existence to God. Uh, let me see if I can help you here. It, it says, God, uh, all of me loves all of you. Y'all missed it. All of me. Not, 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 not just my Sunday go to meeting me, but all of me, I yielded to you. Yielded to you, God. It is, uh, he, he says, uh, verse 13, he says, keep me, keep your, keep back your servant. That is, hold me back. I need to, let me put it in, in English, plain English. Hold me back. Hold me back from presumptuous sins. Let me say it again. Hold me back from presumptuous sins. <sighs> yeah, yeah, this, this is, the plea is for protection and power over presumptuous sins so that I can live in the newness of a God-infused life. Hold me back. I, I need you to hold me. There, there are times when I would do good that evil is always present. And when I would do evil, good is always present. There is inside of me a war going on. For those of you unfamiliar with scripture, I am literally quoting Romans right now. You didn't start the war and you're not the only one in the midst of one. It is the age old battle of righteousness versus unrighteousness, of godliness versus ungodliness, of the good versus the evil. And sometimes the bad and the ugly show up on the evil side. You'll get it on the way home. It is a prayer and a plea to surrender dominion over the self to the divine insistence of righteousness as an existential exigency. 
That is what it means to be rescued from my own proclivities. Okay, y'all. I need God to be involved in my daily life urgently so that I'm not left to my own devices so that I can be better than even maybe I think I can be. That I can reach the maximum of my potential in your grace and goodness. That I can hold up to a higher ideal than maybe even some of my ancestors had. That I can be the kind of man or the kind of woman, boy or girl or individual that God wants me to be. I surrender all to your dominion for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever I surrender it dominion that is mine as a choice of the result of free choice of the will, I get to decide whether or not to surrender my will. I am under no compulsion. You are under no compulsion. No one will force you into righteousness. You must surrender and say, God, I. I can't do this on my own. I've tried to do it on my own. I've, I've done it on my own. I've, I've made good faith efforts. I stopped doing this and I stopped doing that. I did it on my own as much as I could. And even when I tried to do it on my own, I kept coming up short because my strength is not great enough by myself. So God, I need you to rescue me from me. I need you to take control. I need you to take the wheel of my life. I need you to be in charge. I've been in charge too long. In some cases, I did real good, God. But in other places, I've totally messed up. And most people don't know how much I've messed up or the thoughts that I've had to mess up again. So God, before I mess up again, rescue me from me that I might be what you want me to be. That the aspirational talk that I've given about you can become my physical existential reality. I've been able to talk a good game much better than I've been able to sense it and seize it and savor it. Keep back your servant. Let them not have dominion over me. Then you can make me blameless. I shall be innocent of great 
transgression. If you keep me back, God. If, if you rescue me from me. If you rescue me from me, I will be innocent of transgression. I, I won't mess up because I got you holding me up. I won't get in trouble because I got you guiding my pathway. I won't go down because you will be there to lift me up again. So God, rescue me from me. And then... I'm going to try. I'm gonna, and then I, I'm, I, he says, Lord, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable. Lord, you be pleased with my utterances. I, I, I only want to ask you a question. It's a thought question. Please don't answer out loud. Can you think of a time where God wasn't pleased with what came out your mouth? Chris Tucker asked Jackie Chan, do you understand the words? Which are coming out of my mouth? Um, here's the secret, God does. And, and so the second thing I see here in David's prayer is restrain my mouth from mess. <laughs> restrain my mouth from mess. Keep gossip off my tongue. Keep lying off my tongue. Keep hurting people off my tongue. Keep talking about people off my tongue. Keep wickedness off my tongue. God help me, God, I need you to restrain my mouth from mess because my mouth has always got me in trouble and I don't want to get in trouble anymore by what I say. Help me not to even think it to say it. Help me to be better than I am. Restrain my mouth from mess. Let the words of my mouth Restrain my mouth. Help me to not talk about folk, even if they deserve to be talked about. Help me not to tell the truth when it ain't my truth to tell. Help me not to lie, even if it's going to get me out of mess. Help me not to lie, even if it's going to get me into something that I want to be in. Restrain. I got you on that one. Restrain my mouth from mess. I'm going to close now. I, I know I've, I've gone long enough, so. The, the, the last the last prayer here he 
see it. It's in there. It's in there. He says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. The meditation of my heart are my thoughts. Let me, I'll put it in my vernacular and then I'll break it down just a moment. Here it is, the last point. Redeem my mind from mendacity. That's just another way. I'm so glad I'm looking at you, Sister Williams. She said, I got you, Reverend. That's another way of untruthfulness. Redeem my mind from mendacity. Redeem my mind from untruthfulness. Redeem my mind from untruthfulness. God, I want to be honest in my life. But Lord, it starts with my mind. So I need you, Lord, now to let not my mind be overwhelmed by evil thoughts. I'm going to close right here. Let not my mind be overwhelmed by evil thoughts. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe you all are better than me. And, so I, and I'll give you that. I've been saved almost all my life. I, I, I don't really remember not being saved because when I wasn't saved, I was playing church, so I was acting saved even when I wasn't. Before I got saved, I, we were on the front porch. I, my sisters were in my choir. I was the preacher we, from, from day one. I, so, and, and, I, and I started preaching when I was 15 years old. March 28th will be a preaching anniversary for me. I, I digress, because I'm going somewhere. But I can't tell you that I've lived a life free of evil thoughts. Now, if you know Elder Wanda Short, you'll know what I'm saying is the truth. That's the first out loud laugh she gave all day. And then she fell back in the seat. Because she, like me, been saved her whole life too. And when I said it, she resonated with that wickedness. <laughs> because I don't care who you are. Your mind goes places you don't need to go. And just because you don't act on them didn't mean it didn't flash across your mind. I'm going to close this out in just a moment. Because see, some of you know you got ready to cuss somebody out and you stopped just short and then you found out they were getting ready to bless you. And you were so glad you didn't say what you were thinking. 
You're about to give them a piece of your mind, but you didn't know they were getting ready to give you something you didn't have on your own. What you realize is, had you spoken what crossed your mind, you'd have crossed the line that you couldn't have got back from and ruined a blessing because those thoughts hit you. And what the psalmist says, God, I need the meditation of my heart, the thinking of my mind, to be acceptable. God, I want you to help me when those thoughts come up. I want you to raise up in me and bring me to a higher place that I think better thoughts. God, I want you to give me the thoughts that you have for me. Thoughts of good and not of evil. Thoughts that are going to bring me into a brighter hope. God, I want you to bring me to a place where my mind is stayed on you. God, I want you to bring me to a place where I can live what the apostle talked about. That this mind be in me that was also in Christ Jesus. God, give me the mind of Christ. Transform me by the renewing of my mind. Help me to be what you want me to be so that I can truly pray every day. And when I look up and pray to you, I can say with a pure heart, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh Lord, because you are my rock. I feel like preaching in here. You are my strength. You are my redeemer. Glory. I wish I had a witness here. Glory. I want to be better. I want to be better. I want to be right. I want to be saved. I want to be whole. Come on, give God a praise. My, my wife and I have this practice that we pass down to our children. And if we say anything that we missed or we said it wrong, we don't want to speak it into existence because words matter. By the time it gets out of our mouth, my, you'll hear my wife when I say the blood of Jesus. Now I know that sounds crazy. But what we're doing is we're praying, Lord, cover those words with the blood. We don't want that fulfillment in our lives. We're not speaking that over our children. We're not speaking that over this individual. My wife's walking through the grocery store one time. man spoke over my children. And he had some negative things to say because they're PKs, you know. And she was so upset that she came back and she began to pray and plead the blood. And we were praying about it. And why were we, why were we praying about what somebody said? Because, devil, you are a liar. And I'm going to prove you a liar by what God does in them. And I'm speaking over them now. And I'm believing, God, I've prayed. I've spoke word over them. Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is our reward. So, God, don't you turn my reward into shame. Y'all missed it. 
Words matter. So before you speak, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm done. I really, I'm, I gotta stop because before you speak, even to somebody you really love, check your words. Because what you say may be irredeemable. You can't get it back. And it may not be what you meant, but it is what you said. The doors of the church open. I give you the opportunity to come. Everyone sitting in the place, if if you're not already standing, stand with us. Those of you at home, I want to extend the same invitation to you. If you're looking for a place of worship, a place of rescue, a place to be among other believers, I offer you Christ here in this place that you can come, give your hand to the minister and your heart to God. I extend to you an invitation online. The number is on the screen. Here in the sanctuary, you can walk to the front. Oh, to him I freely give. I will churches, but we him in New London. Amen? So please use those as you give. Get your offering in your hand, whatever it is God has laid on your heart to give. And uh, I want you to hold it in your hand. Uh, If you are giving by check or your tithing offering, hold that in your hand, and we'll hold your device. Let's just pray over it. 
and as we do here on your way out, you pass by an usher and they'll receive your gifts at that time. Let's bless them. God, we thank you now for gift and giver. Thank you for generous hearts giving to the kingdom of the living God. Thank you, Lord, that we are obedient servants. We are blessed to be a blessing. We ask God that you bless us, that we might bless others, and that you work a miracle in us so that, God, we are not only blessed with enough to pay our bills and enough to keep up on our minimums, but, God, we want to have more to put away in store. We want our balances paid off, our mortgages freed up, our debt forgiven. We want to be blessed. And when you bless us, we won't stop coming and we won't stop giving, but we'll bless you all the more for great have been your faithfulness. Do it for us now. In the name of Jesus, amen. Come on, put your hands together and bless God.